Well, it's good to be here. So uh, we, we've been here, my family and I have been here a few times. Our team uh, has been here as well. And then Matt and Rachel Leverson, I think they lead here some as well. They're part of our, uh, they're part of our worship team uh, as well at Grace City. And so uh, my name is uh, Brian Owen. We're, we're a new church plant in the Fenway neighborhood. And so uh, typically, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Fenway, but uh, typically when you think of Fenway, you think of baseball. Uh, but Fenway is actually a neighborhood with uh, 10 college and universities, and so it's a very uh, young, hey buddy, there's a very young population uh, in that neighborhood, and so a lot of the work that we do uh, deals with college students, kind of young professionals, and young uh, married folks. And so but it's a real joy to be here. Uh, you probably already know this if you've been here for a while, but J.D. and Natalie are probably some of the most genuine, authentic uh, people we've ever met, and so I could just sit with uh, JD all day and talk and, and talk about life and church and planting, and, uh, and so it's a real joy to be able to uh, fill in for him uh, this morning and just kind of fall right into uh, your your series. So he, he told me that you guys are in Ecclesiastes. Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes is actually one of my favorite books uh, to look at, to study, um, to preach. I think it is a fascinating uh, a fascinating account. I think it honestly is probably one of the most relevant uh, books when we think about our culture uh, in terms of um, you have someone like Solomon who has an endless amount of resources uh, and uh, you think about uh, wealth, you think about building, uh, you think about um, uh, like sexual partners, you think about like everything. Like Solomon, uh, the whole book of Ecclesiastes is really Solomon saying, I'm going to use the resources that I have, um, everything at my dis- disposal to, to try and find uh, satisfaction. And, and so Solomon, the whole book of Ecclesiastes, is almost like his diary. It's almost like we have Solomon's diary of him going, this is what I've been doing. So I'm going to build a lot. I'm going I'm to acquire a lot of things. I'm going to do all of these things out of a desire to find satisfaction, out of a desire to fill the kind of hole that I have in my life. And so I think this book, I mean, can you think of a better book uh, in our culture to study, to read, and to think about than a book where we're looking at a guy trying to find um, satisfaction and fulfillment in everything that the world has to offer, in everything the world has to offer? And Solomon, of, of any of us, I, I, don't, I don't know you guys, uh, but I, I would guess if I, if I went around the room, myself included, if I went around the room, you probably don't have the resources at your disposal that King Solomon did, right? Like, you probably, like that, that's a, probably a good assumption. And so, to know you're good, that's probably, uh, that's probably a good right assumption that you don't have the, the same resources that he did. And so it's a little bit of a, a practice and vanity uh, to try and uh, do some of the same things that he did. But we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 uh, is where we're going to be at. And this is a little bit of a different kind of chapter um, in Ecclesiastes. Uh, he takes a little bit of a break from what he's been uh, what he's been talking about. Do you know, so what's the band's name, right? What's the band's name that made this song so popular? The Birds, right? So this particular passage was sung by the Birds, right? So... For every, I'm not going to sing it, because uh, I don't want to do that to you guys, right? But it's for every season, turn, turn right? This is the, the, the song that never goes away. And so um, they ultimately uh, made this, this passage that we're going to look at, uh, they put it in a song and made it uh, one of the most 
popular passage in the Bible. And so you, you may even be looking at, if you're like me, um, uh, I didn't grow up in church. I, didn't, I became a believer later in my life. And uh, I remember the first time that I saw this, this passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I was like, oh, that's a song. Right? I knew it as a song before I knew it as Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And uh, so if that was you, that was me uh, as well. So let me pray and then we'll dive in. God, we love you. Thank you that, uh, that you give us the privilege to come and sing and gather together and worship together. And, um, and we know that, that you're here, that, that you're uh, among us, that your Holy Spirit um, that he's here, that he does the work of illumination and of speaking, uh, God. And so we just pray today as we read your word uh, that we'd be able to walk away with something uh, of value that would seek to um, mold us and shape us uh, and change us, God, that we wouldn't just gather and hear things, but we would be changed by what we hear. Uh, God, and so we're, we're expecting um, this morning. And just pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, so here we go. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, starting in uh, starting in verse one, we'll move fast. I want to hang out in verse one for a second. So, here's what uh, King Solomon says um, in three, uh, verse one. He says, "For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven." So he says, "For everything there's a season and a time for every matter uh, under heaven." So I was looking at this one verse, so this kind of sets up the rest of the verses that we're going to see in a second. But I was looking at this one verse. Uh, and this one verse is, has all kinds of thoughts here. It has all kinds of uh, things and truths. And honestly, this one verse has a lot of things that really press against us. And, and really, as I was looking at this and, and thinking about the, the weight of this passage, so I was thinking about this idea of, of seasons and of time, right, of seasons and time. So Solomon is looking around at the world around him and, and seeing uh, the relationships that he has, he's seeing the, the wealth that he has, he's seeing the, the gardens that he's built, he's seeing kind of just surveying life, and he says, for, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter. Now, here's the thing that's tricky about this, as we think about our culture, and we think about the time that we're living in. I don't know if you're like me, right? Because it says, every, for everything there is a season and a time, right? And there's a, there's a reason for these things, right? That's the song. Here's the thing, if you're anything like me, you, you know what I want when I, when I see seasons? You, you, you know what I value, what kind of seasons I value? Winning seasons, right? Like seasons that are good. Like those, those are the seasons that, that we want, right? So if we think about our culture, right? We, we're, we're celebrate, we celebrate what kind of seasons? Like good seasons, growing seasons, job promotions, right? Birthdays, like, like we, we celebrate. So if we're thinking about our life in seasons, right? So ups and downs, highs and lows, we really only uh, value and our culture only elevates the good seasons. Like the good seasons, this is what we value. But Solomon says here in scripture that, that every season, this is what we're gonna see, that every season has value and every season matters. Uh, so uh, we just moved um, this week, and uh, and so I'll, I like to go and run. I'm not a runner like uh, you know Mark and Annie go here. They're runners. I'm not. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not there. I'm not. I don't know how you run. No, no, I'm not like that. Okay, I don't know. They're runners, right? I'm I'm more of a like uh, I'm more of a I want my pants to fit kind of runner. You know what I'm saying? Like I like I enjoy eating. 
and so and drinking, and so I, I run so that I can do those things. And so, uh, so I was out on this new kind of trail run uh, that I was running, and uh, just kind of like surveying. Anytime you're on a new run, it's kind of like it's an exciting thing, but at the same time, you begin to uh, you begin to like find things about that run that you don't enjoy. One of the things I don't enjoy on new trails are hills, right? Like on my old on my old run, I knew where the hills were, so I could decide. Here's what here's my mentality when I'm running. Right, I would leave my house. So if I've got my shoes on and my shorts and my shirt, I'm doing good, right? I'm, I'm that's like that's the beginning of the habit, right? I'm forming a habit. That's my cue is to get my clothes on. Now I'm getting into my routine. So what I what I do is I think, okay, do I want to do hills today, right? I think through, I know this hill's here, I know this hill's here. And so on my old route, I, I would determine, before I got out there, I would go, okay, I'm not going to do that one today, so I'm going to go this way, right? I'm going to go a different way. But when you're in a new route, you don't know the hills. Like, you don't really know the, those areas. And so I'm out on this run yesterday, and I'm like, oh gosh, there's a lot of hills here, right? This particular area of my run, there's a lot of hills. And so I was thinking about this. Like, I was thinking about this verse, and this idea of seasons, right? And I don't value hills. Why? Because they slow me down and they hurt. But, but if you read any kind of running magazine, you talk to a real runner. Don't talk to me. You talk to a real runner. You know what they'll tell you? Hills are great. The pain's great. Like the, the, the work to get up to that builds this type of endurance. Hello? This type of endurance in you that ultimately for your future is good. It actually makes you faster in running, right? You, you plateau if you don't do those types of things. And so I was thinking about this idea of seasons and how we only value winning seasons and we don't look at hard seasons as going, man, like there's value in the hard seasons. There's value in the difficulty. This is, and, and we're gonna see that, like this is what, this is what Solomon uh, is going to be talking about here in a second. He's going to say, hey, there's value in your hard seasons. And so I don't, listen, I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know who you are. Um, the only thing that you may need to hear this morning is that there's value in the difficult season that you're sitting in right now. Like there's value. Now we're going we're gonna to flesh that out a bit here in a second. And we're going to look at, you know, what makes that feel better. Right? Because if I just said there's value in the hard seasons, have a good morning. See you guys later. Right? And then you'd be like, oh, great. Thanks. Really grateful for that. Uh, but, but I do want to say for, every, uh, for everything, there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Under heaven. So Solomon, beginning into this, is recognizing, um, hey, we, we can't simply just value the winning seasons. We have to value the difficult seasons. So here's the important thought. Here's the thing that I think will help carry you. Um, as you think about these hard seasons, and, and this was for me, as I was thinking about hard seasons in my own life, and uh, I, I'm a church planter, so as you as you would imagine, uh, the seasons are up and down, you know, for us. And in uh, in church planting is 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 a hard work. I don't I, I know JD kind of talks about it here a good bit, but it's a it's a it's like a difficult kind of startup type of work, right? So I'm thinking about these ups and downs and these types of seasons uh, that we have. So here here's a, a really important thought I want you to grasp hold of um, that, that'll hopefully make sense and we'll get some scripture a part of that. See, God works. God works. God works with a perspective that is much wider and longer than ours. Right? 
Like God has a perspective when he's thinking about the future and life and he's thinking about your future and your life because he knows you. He sees so much further in front of you than you do. Does he not? Like, has it not been true of you? It's been true of me where I've looked back on really difficult seasons and I've gone, okay, God, like I saw what you were doing there. Like I didn't see it then. I didn't want to see it. I wasn't enjoying that. But I now see in retrospect, my perspective is bigger that I go, okay, the, there was value in that difficulty. Like the fact that that took forever built a type of endurance in me that I otherwise wouldn't have. It, it built a type of gratitude in me, right? That loss built a type of gratitude that I have now that I otherwise would not have had. And so he says there's, there's value in the hard season. He has a perspective way ahead of us. Uh, look at this. So Acts 17, 26. Um, look what it says. Acts 17, 26. This is Paul in Athens. This is what he says about God. He says, and he, is, he made from every man... Uh, he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth. Now, see what he says here. See what he says about God here. Having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Do you know what Paul just said there about God? He, he said that God has determined that you live right now in this current context and culture at this current time. Like, it's not an accident. That, that you live where you live, that you are where you are, that you're in this room. Paul just said that God has determined periods of time. He controls what? Time. See, his perspective is bigger. He, he sees it. He's determined that for you. Isaiah uh, 46, 8 through 10. Listen to what Isaiah says here. Um, it, it's, it's both good and um, terrifying at the same time. It says, remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. Now listen to what he says. For I am, this is God talking, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Verse 10, look at verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will what? This is the part that terrifies me. And I will accomplish all of my purposes. All my purposes. So Isaiah, speaking to God's people on behalf of God, says, hey, listen, God is God and you are not. That's what he said. That's what he's saying. He says, God's God is you are not. And he says, I'm going to accomplish my purposes. So think about this for a second. Maybe in order for God to accomplish his purposes in your life, he needs to walk you through a difficult season. Because he knows you well enough to know if he, if he gave you nothing but wins all the time, he knows the type of, of pride and arrogance, if you're like me, he knows the type of pride and arrogance that would birth in your heart. And so he says, I'm going to accomplish my purposes. This is, this is Ecclesiastes 3. For everything, there's a season, there's a reason. So he said, I'm going, to, I'm going to accomplish my purposes. Here's my major problem. Here's my major problem in, in thinking about this. Um, I make decisions and I look at situations. This is my problem. I don't know if it's yours. It's mine. I make decisions. Um, I make decisions and look at situations on a very, 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 very small perspective. And so I make, the, I make a lot of decisions based on a very small perspective. You know what that does? 
gets me in trouble, right? A good bit. Creates anxiety in my heart. Creates fear in my heart. Because there's moments where I don't trust God with something. And, and the reason that I, I, I'm, I'm allowing fear and anxiety to happen is because I'm working out of a smaller perspective and I'm not thinking about the fact that God has a much larger perspective. And so it, it, it creates something. So I have to remind myself, okay, God, like you're in control. Your purposes are going to be accomplished. Like there's a reason and the sea, like all the seasons that you give me have a reason. The hills, there's a reason that the hills are there, right? There's a reason that the, the flat is there. There's a reason that the down is there. Like, and all of those things are producing a type of endurance and ability to go longer. And so I have to, I have to remind um, I have to have to continue to remind myself. Uh, a pastor and author that, that I like, his name is Zach Eswine, he says this. He says, many of our frustrations rise from our blindness to the change of season or to the pain or the joy of them. And listen to this. And we struggle to adjust our expectations. And we struggle to adjust our expectations in different seasons. And he says this is the, the difficulty. Okay, so... Two through eight, we're going to look at this here in a second, um, but, but there's a pastor, his name is Matt Chandler. Listen, this is what he says about um, these, these two through eight little, we're going to get into this, a time to be born, a time to die, so Solomon's going to work from, from uh, like good to not always so good, this is how he's going to work, but this is what Matt Chandler says about these things. He says, think of this list, so we're about to look at the list. He says, think of this list as a list of ingredients. Think of this list as a list of ingredients that God mixes together to serve his purposes in your life, in your allotted time, in your set boundary. It says he'll mix the flour with the sugar. Now, we don't like this. I don't like that. Like, I would rather treat this list like a buffet, right? I'll take some laughter, a little bit of dancing, but not too much. So he says, think about the list that we're going to look at here in a second. He says, think, think about this list as a list of ingredients that God's going to use in your life to produce something inside of you that otherwise wouldn't be there. That's the best way to look at what we're about to look at. You don't look at it like, I want that, I don't want that, I don't want... Like, let's look at it as, okay, God, you're going to use these various ingredients to produce something uh, in my heart and life um, that otherwise, uh, that otherwise w- wouldn't be there. Here, I'm learning. I'm constantly learning. Um, that the 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 more uh, the more God stretches me, the in, in in difficult hard seasons, the more He stretches me in difficult hard seasons, the more my dependency grows on Him. Like I, I think right now in my particular life, is is probably um, my relationship with God right now is probably the strongest it has ever been. Probably the strongest it's ever been, and and that's because. Um, my family and I and other families and singles, right, have, have so we were in the Nashville area before we, uh, before we were here and I'm originally from Atlanta uh, originally. And so I love, I'm not, I don't miss the pollen or the heat. And so uh, I don't, this weather doesn't bother me. And so I, um, uh, this has been a, a season of, of, of change, right? We've been here a year and a half. This has been a season of change for us, right? And, and saying goodbye to a lot of relationships that we love and care about. And a lot of friendships that we have and, and all these types of things, as you would imagine, creates a lot of difficulty for, for my family and I. But, but as God's been stretching me in this season, my dependency on him is, is, is the strongest that it's ever been. And it wouldn't have been that. It would not have been that 
if I would have just been walking through a season of wins. And I would have been walking in a season of like, everything's just doing well, and, and man, our neighbors love us, right? Everybody just loves us all around. And we, you know, like I would go, I must be pretty good at this. Right? Wouldn't you? If you're like me, like, I must be pretty good at this. No, it's like, God, I need you. Like, there's a dependency that grows in difficult seasons. We say, God, I need you. Like, Holy Spirit, I need you. Like, just tea. Like, if you don't do this, this won't, this won't work. This won't happen. All right, so let's look at the list of ingredients. I got to move along or, or you guys will, will be here all day. All right. Um, so, so he says, for everything, there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. So, uh, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 2. Um, Ecclesiastes 3, uh, verse 2. It says, a time to be born, a time to be born, and a time to die. A time to be born, and a time to die. Now, even Solomon and all of his wealth, all of his resources, all of his ability, do you know it's the one thing that Solomon couldn't get away from? Death. Right? Like, the reality of life, if you, if you live long enough, the reality of life is that, that death happens. And so even Solomon and all that he has recognizes, hey, there's a, there's a time to be born and there, there's a time to die. Like we live, here's the thing about time is we think about time, we live entrapped by time. Right? We are time creatures. Like you can try, like just time creatures, like you, there's a, 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 like you gotta go to sleep at some point. Right? Like I don't care how, how late you stay up, gotta go to sleep at some point. You gotta wake up at some point. Right, you're, you're controlled by your time. I'm controlled by my time. Right now, we don't do, my family, we don't do time well. You know, we're like, oh, we, yeah, we got plenty of time. Right, and then we're rushing out the door, but we're people entrapped by time. So that, that's our reality. Part of embracing our humanity is saying to God, is saying to God, yeah, I, like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not you. I gotta sleep. I gotta eat. I, I operate on a different way than you do. I have to. And so he says, uh, there's a time to be born uh, and a time to die. He says, a time to plant uh, and a time to uh, pluck up uh, what is, is planted. Now, I was, I was thinking about this um, and this idea of season. So uh, say I went in the middle of winter here and uh, there's this big snowstorm, right? And say, t- say I took a... a uh, a rose bush that, that we have in our house, right? That we've been cultivating. So it's a it's a like an immature rose bush that we've been cultivating and developing and and kind of working the ground. And I went out and I, I took a, a shovel and I dug all this. So we had like three feet. So I'm like I've moved all the snow out of the way and I put the rose bush and and so I, I took some dirt because I would really want. So first of all, if I could break the ground, that would be a miracle. So I, let's just suppose I broke the ground, right? So I broke the ground, the hard ground. Uh, I got some soil. Why right? I went and bought the Miracle Grow Grow soil because I care about plants. And so I've put the Miracle Grow in there, and then I've I put the rose bush on top, and then I and then I pack it all, and I've kind of moved the snow away because I don't want the snow to hurt the rose bush, right? And so I've kind of like moved it away, given it a couple of inches all around the rose bush, and I've just kind of stood back, right, and, and slushed back a bit, and I've looked at my work and go, that's that's beautiful, right? I'm like, honey, come look at the rose bush, right? And and say, you know, she comes out there and she's like, that's great, that's great, you're an idiot. Right? And why? Why would she say that? Because it's the middle of winter. Right? It's not, it's not the season for planting. 
And so if you think about your life, there are seasons, there are seasons where plant, like planting and growth is not the right time for you. And this is counterculture. Like this works against what our culture would say. Right? Our culture would say, no, 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 we, 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 we grow and we succeed and we push forward and we progress and we do all these types of things. And, and Solomon say, no, 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 there's, there's different seasons of your life at different times that God will use. You don't plant a rose bush in the winter. And so he says there's, there's time to, to plant and there's, uh, there's times to blow. So there's exciting seasons of growth. And there are seasons where you feel like you're being uprooted. And maybe right now you're in a season of growth. And I would say allow this season of growth to birth gratitude in your heart towards God. Continue to work hard. Continue to value where you are. Don't, don't allow the success in your life to be an idol. Right? Because it can become an idol. Don't let it become an idol. Right? Or maybe you're in a season where it feels like you're being uprooted. Maybe you're in a season where you feel like you're being uprooted. And that's the season where you say to God, hey God, I'm like open-handed right now. Like I clearly can't control my situation. And allow the uprooting to help you value your humanity. Help you value the fact that you're not God. And so there's seasons to plant and there's seasons to pluck up. God knows the right time for you. Look at verse three. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down. Uh, and a time to build up, right? And so this is like, man, okay. <laughs> like maybe God's calling you to, to, when I think about tear down, like maybe God's calling you to remove some things from your life, some unhealthy stuff you got going on in your life. That, like there's a season in which God calls you to remove unhealthy things. And, and maybe that's you. Maybe you're going, hey, this has kind of felt like it's unhealthy. Maybe God this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit's saying to you, yeah, yeah, this is a time to tear down. You need to tear down some stuff in your life. It could even be good stuff that's become an idol for you. So he says there's a time to tear down and there's a time to build up. Like these, these, both of these things have value. See how some of these things you're like, I want that. So who's so like, if you're if you're like me, no, nah, I don't want that. Nah. So he says there's a time to break down, a time to build up. He says there is a, a time to weep uh, and a time to laugh. A time to weep and a time to laugh. Now, um, I don't want to just—I don't want to make this as simple as just classifying two types of people, right? But, but um, there's a there's a chance, right, that you could be on one end of the spectrum or the other when it comes to weeping or, or laughing, right? And, and some of you may walk around in a, a mournful state all the time. Uh, and I would just say to you, like, there there's value uh, in in weeping, but but Solomon also says that there's value in laughing, right? Some of you may walk around with with this like. Um, uh, this is not me, but uh, you walk around this like sense of like laughter and happiness all the time. And I would say, hey, there's seasons where weeping is of value. And I think about a lot of these things operate inside of relationships with others. And so there's a, there's a time where if your friend is walking through something difficult, um, the most valuable thing that you can do for them is not try and make them laugh. You know what the most valuable thing you can do for them? Is sit and weep with them. Right? Like they, they don't, like there's, there's value in lament. There's value in sadness. Now we don't, we don't stay there forever. Right? We're not Eeyore. 
you know, like we were sort of like, you know, no, no, but, but there is value in that. And there's also values uh, in, in seasons of laughter and joy together. Have you ever just had a night where you're hanging out with your friends and you're just laughing the whole night? Like a belly laughing. You know what I'm talking about? It got to the point for no reason. You were laughing for no reason. You know, like it, it just got to that point. Those are great nights. Those are like joy-filled nights, right? Those are seasons. There's seasons where, where that's good, but there's also seasons where there's weeping and sadness. And we, we, we've got, I, don't, I just don't think, I, we don't lament well. I think because we've been, um, I think because we have so, so much access to sadness now through news and social media, um, we don't even hardly watch, we don't really watch the news in our house because it's just full of sadness, right? But I think we've become so um, inundated with these things so much that we don't even know how to lament well. We don't even know how to be sad well. But there's, there's value in these things. There, there's, there's values in these things. So he says there's, uh, there's times to weep, uh, and, and there's times to laugh. Uh, look at um, the second part of that. So he says time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, right? Same thought there, time to mourn, time to dance. You're like, I don't dance, right? That's all right. You know, I don't think Solomon means you, you know, literally have to dance. But there, you, you see the contrast here. Like, both of these things, there's seasons, and both of these things, um, both of these things have, have value uh, time to mourn and uh, time to uh, dance. Verse five: a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. So this is most likely Solomon uh, talking about relationships uh, with with one another. And so he's saying, "Hey, this is sexual relationships with one another." He's saying, "Like there, there's a season, a time for these things. These things have uh, these things have value uh, in and of themselves." Verse six. Uh, he says, a time to seek uh, and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. So we see this, like there's, there's active work for us. There's a time of, of getting away, taking away, kind of surveying your life and going, uh, here's a good practice for you. Survey your life and go, okay, what is drawing me closer to God and what's taking me further away from him? And it could be good or bad. And you go, okay, if this particular thing, you, you know one of the things that, greatly affects me in my relationship with God. I'll be, let me just real vulnerable with you. One of the things that greatly affects me in my relationship with God, my phone. My phone is like, like I, I told our, our um, church, uh, I don't remember when this was, last week or two weeks ago, but, but it's like I, it got to a point where it was like I, I was reading and I'd be like, just for no reason. I just picking up my phone for no reason. And it's create, my phone started to create a sense of anxiety in my heart. Like literally, my, my chest would get tight. Like I just, I felt this anxiety. And so it was like, okay, I've got to figure out. Like this is not, this is not for my good. It's not for my good. It's not glorifying God. So I got to figure out well, how do I, how do I, right? How do I like cast away? How do I kind of do some of this work? And so you, you have to survey and go, okay, like I'm going to put it in a drawer. I'm going to. I'm gonna not have it, you know. Like last night, I plugged it up in the kitchen. Wasn't even by my bed. And you're like, but that's my alarm. Get an alarm, right? I'm there. I got you. And so I left it because I was just like, I've got to begin to figure out how to get away from these things and toss these things away. Because if I want to experience a season of growth in my life, then like I don't need to work against that with other things, you know. 
And so he says, um, it's a time to keep and a time to cast away. Verse 7, uh, a time to tear and a time to, so a time to uh, keep silent and a time to speak. Right? Uh, a time to keep silent and a time to speak. You know, some of you are always silent and then some of you speak too much. Right? I mean, that's, like, I, I think as I've matured and gotten older, you, you know what I've learned? Like, there's way more value in keeping my mouth shut. When I was young and, like, overzealous, I always had an opinion. Right? And not only did I always have an opinion, but I knew everyone else wanted my opinion. And as I've gotten older, right, thankful for my wife and other mature people in my life, it's like, hey, you should keep your mouth shut. Right? Like, what you say makes you sound a way that I know you're not. And so, so there's, there's value, and some of you need to speak up more. One's not more godly than the other, you know? And, and so we, we go through these seasons where it's like um, there, there's a time to keep silent and a time to speak, and so we have to survey what season that we're in. Uh, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. All of these things are necessary. Solomon says there's a season for all of these things. All of these things have, um, all these things have value. Okay, let's finish up. So let's look at, uh, look at verse 9, Ecclesiastes 3, uh, 9. This is good. I love how he ends. He says, what gain has the worker from his toil? Verse 10. I have seen the busyness that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. So he says, I've seen the busyness, uh, I've seen the business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. I read this, I'm like, Solomon, I do not want to hang out with you. You sound like the most depressing, like unhappy individual on the face of the earth. So he says, I've seen all these things. Um, verse 11. Here it is. He has made everything beautiful. And it's time. He's made every, is it, he's made some things beautiful. He's made only the positive things beautiful. He's made only the, the flats beautiful. He's made only the success beautiful. He's made only the promotions beautiful. He's made only the healthy, like, vibrant, like, growing things beautiful. No. It says he's made everything beautiful in what? In its time. Everything beautiful in its time. Also, also he has put eternity into man's heart. Eternity into man's heart. Yet, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So, here's kind of the, the final thought that I think is important for us. So, if you're here and you identify as a follower of Christ, maybe you're here and you're, you're not a Christian, you're checking it out, you appreciate the community that's here and, and you love it here. Um, we're like, I know JD's glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Like this is God's church should be the most welcoming uh, like place in the world. Like this is this is the work that God has has called us to to do. And so glad you're here. Um, if you're uh, if you're a Christian and you're here, and so you subscribe to the Christian faith and you've confessed Christ <laughs> as as Lord and Savior, and have have that has happened. Um, this this is good news right here. 3, 9 through 11 is really good news. And here's the thought. There's a time coming. There's a time coming when our work 
and the seasons will be eternal. Because he says here that he's put eternity into man's heart. Do you know what that means? That means that, um, that we live as aliens in our current time. That, that means that the reason that the hard seasons are so hard is because it feels like it shouldn't be this way. And the reason that it feels like it shouldn't be this way is because it should not be this way. That's why it feels that way. Because God created us to be in relationship with him, perfect relationship with him. Not death, not sorrow, not injustice, not conflict, not pain. These weren't, these weren't things in the beginning, Genesis chapter 3. Like these weren't things that, that, that God like wanted for us. But when God created us, he put something in our heart that says this is not right. This hurt and pain is not right. And so there is a time coming. There's a time coming where our seasons and our work, like, like it'll be eternal and it'll be good and it'll be perfect. It'll be what God had planned. And so as we think about our life and we look at the seasons in front of us, you, you know what we say? As we look at the seasons, good or bad, we say, I'm going to embrace this season. I'm going to seek to learn from God in this season. So good or bad, I'm going I'm to take this season on. I'm going to see it, see it as something of value. But, but I, at the same time as I'm looking at this season and valuing this season, I'm also going to say, hey, there is a season coming. There's a season coming where the pain and hardship will not last anymore. Like that, that won't happen anymore. This is the work that Christ came to do on our behalf. And it's hardwired into people. It's hardwired in us. This is, this is what he, he's called us to do. And so my kind of last exhortation would be to you. And, and this is something that all of us have. The one thing that we all have in this room, the all, one thing that we can all do well in this room is steward the time that God has given us well. Don't waste it. Don't waste the seasons. Like, that's your choice. You can waste the season that you're in. You can waste the time that you have. Or you can leverage it. You can steward it. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter how much relationships that you have. Doesn't matter what your career is, your vocation. Like, any of those things. Like, all of us have times and seasons that God's put us stewards of. And given us a responsibility for and so I would say to you, if you're here, chances are you're here, uh, you love Christ Church Charlestown, you love J.D. and Natalie, and so let me give you like a church planter to young church kind of uh, exhortation and encouragement, right? Um, this is a season that God has given you for your growth and for your good and for his glory. And so you can either embrace the season of, of building and working, right? Or, or you can say, not interested you can embrace that as something of value and say, okay, God, you're producing something in our church and in our body and in what's happening here. Like you're producing something in us that will be good for us long-term. You can look at it that way. Or you can go, I'm not interested. No, I don't want that. Can I pray for you this morning?